I just want to talk for a little while about the church being an international community. Uh, I don't so much want to preach a sermon, although I will, I guess, but I want to celebrate our diversity and our unity. We've already been doing that. Um, Our diversity is obvious. Just look around. Just listen to the different languages. It's obvious. It's amazing. And it's, you know what, diversity is not just color or language, but, but it's culture and it's temperament. I don't know what your temperament's like, but not everybody is really comfortable when everybody's bopping around sticking flags up their nose. To, you know, I want to praise God smack round the head. It's, not, not everybody's comfortable with that. Any, anybody find that is not their natural way to respond when they're, you know, and most people like to bop around and celebrate. Ah, there's a man. Two, two men. You're doing all right, Andy. You're at the front lead. You're handing behind your guitar. That's the thing. Yeah. And Jonathan just says that. Um, next time, we'll get Jonathan to wave the flag. How about that? Next week. Next week, actually. That'd be great. Um, I'm serious. Uh, I, I was just thinking as we were, you know, worshipping and celebrating. Shall I let you into a secret? My, my natural default position is not that. My natural default position, the, 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 the more full of joy I get, the quieter I go. It's always been like that. I go quiet on the inside. And so, if I'm honest, I would like to creep into a cathedral and listen to someone playing a, a pipe organ to the glory of God. And I will be totally undone and celebrate with all my heart in the quiet. Yeah. All sorts of, all sorts of different temperaments are here. That's the point I'm making. Some temperaments are loud. Some people like rock bands. Some people like choirs. Some people like classical music. Some people don't sing in tune at all. So they don't like music. Anybody tone deaf? I, I know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. See? So what I find is people say, oh, that's really nice. And they feel a bit out of it because they, they think, well, I can't do that. I, 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 it's nice. So we're all different. That's the point. So, so we have diversity in the extreme, but we also have this thing called unity. And the unity is not built upon shared uh, enjoyment of things. It's not sh- built on uh, a preference of style. It's not built on... Um, you know, guitar-led worship or hymns or the, the modern songs. Unity is not built on, on any of those things. Unity is built on Jesus Christ. Now, we know that, but actually we don't always live it. And I want to talk about it for a little while. You see, our unity begins when we're born again of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't be you, 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 you can't be part of the kingdom. You, you, you need to be born again. You'll have eternal life. You'll be made brand new on the inside. It all sounds a bit strange, but it's just, it's just coming to realize that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, whatever your culture, background, temperament, type, preference, education, wealth, or poverty, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And we believe on him, and we, become, we get born again. We become a new creation. 
and we become new creations together, and so our unity is built on that. That's amazing. And nobody's left out. In Matthew 28, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. Did some of you see your flag here today? Anybody's flag not here? Because we'll try and get them. Tanzania? Sorry? Isle of Man. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Didn't know you had one, but we'll see what it says. Sorry. <laughs> I'll leave that to Paul to sort out. <laughs> the only reason we have the flags this morning, by the way, is Paul phoned me yesterday. And he just said, I just, I've got flags. Is it okay if we put flags out? I thought, wonderful. I think we should have them again next week. And as far as I'm concerned, we can have them every week. Because they're just an expression of who we are. We are a church made up of people from every tribe and nation and language. We're open to that. We want to be that. Because that is the church of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Any local church that doesn't have a vision to the ends of the earth isn't a local church. It's not the church that Jesus is building. We are, from, we are to see the whole earth is our mission field. Our whole earth, the whole earth is as, as our ministry area. And so he said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. Then in Acts chapter 2, you know, God's timing's always perfect. I felt as I was preparing and praying this morning, I just felt to say to you, you know, you're here this morning. You may be here for the first time. You may be a guest. Maybe you've never been. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not sure what this is. God's timing is perfect. And so people find themselves in places. You're here because God wants you here. In Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. This is the group of believers, 120 of them. Jesus had descended back to heaven. And they're there, and they're fearful. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then it says this, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. God's timing, perfect. At that time, at that time, every nation under heaven was represented. Isn't that amazing? And they're going, what's this? And then Peter gets up and preaches his sermon, and he says, this is what's spoken about by the prophet Joel in the last days. I will pour out my Spirit on all people says the Lord, on all people, every tribe and nation. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. And it goes on. It says in verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can be saved today. Not because you have an intellectual understanding of how it all works, but because there's a man called Jesus Christ who I can introduce you to today, and you can come to know him and say, well, 
I, I see it. I want to believe in you. You take that step, you will meet him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that wonderful? This is our gospel. This is why we celebrate. No one's excluded. Then in Revelation chapter 5, it says, And they sang a new song. You are worthy, speaking of Jesus, to take the scroll to open its seals, because you were slain on a cross, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. I guess goosebumps when I hear that. How, how many of you, I was going to say, how many of you have been to another nation? Well, half of you are already in another one. But, but how, how many of you have actually gone abroad on holiday? Okay, M- many of us have. A hundred years ago, that would be very, very few. But now we're, we're, we're international people. But I love it. I, we, we go to Turkey and you, you meet waiters and you chat into waiters and you start talking about their life and their experience and you think, you need to know about Jesus. Everywhere I go, I'm thinking, well, you need to know about Jesus. You need to know this wonderful gospel because he's the answer for your need. And Jean and I went to Africa and there the church there working and working and working. And I just heard the other day they, they, they have well over 100 AIDS orphans there they're looking after and feeding. They're, the whole thing is just huge. They're poverty-stricken. But, but, but we went there, and, and what you find is, is the gospel is going forth. And you know what? Wherever we go, we feel totally at home. I think it's Sarush who said to me, actually, Paul, I think you're Iranian on the inside. <laughs> you did say he says, See, he said, you are, you are. You go to Turkey, and the Turks, oh, no, you're a Turk on the inside. Schizophrenic, really. <laughs> you go to Africa and they said, but you're really a Tanzanian. Because for the child of God, the nations are in our heart. Because they're in the heart of Jesus. Do you, do you see it? Ask God to show you. Let, let the nations get into your heart. Get, let, let the revelation of it. You see, church was never meant to be parochial. It was never meant to be, well, that's the church there, and that's the church there, and you know what, that's your business, and we're not interested in you. That's not what the church is about. The church is a people made up from every tribe and language and nation and people. And then Galatians, two, uh, Galatians 3, 26 to 28, you are all sons of God through faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For all of you, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male nor female. You are all one. Every barrier has come down. Every barrier. Isn't that great? Different cultures have different barriers. Male, female, age, dif- different barriers. Cultural, different systems, class systems, all that sort of stuff. In Christ, every barrier has come down. Every one of those barriers have been demolished in Jesus. There's, they've all gone. We're all the same. We're all loved the same. We're all accepted the same. Wow. Isn't that great? Well, I think it's great. I'm just a simple lad who loves Jesus. You know, I, I keep pinching myself. Think, God, how did you get me into, into leadership? Jean and I have just been away 
again, uh, we went to the Isle of Wight with our son and, and wife and two little girls uh, just because it was half term and they wanted us to go and it rained. Sympathy's good, right? But, but you know, if you notice in marriage, when you, when you marry somebody, you, you marry a whole different life expression. Do, do, do you know what it's like? Our, our son, he's, he's Gene and I, he's, we kind of brought him up and he, he reflects much of our character, like I don't, much of our character and our, our temperament and style and upbringing. And then our son married a, a girl called Beck, who's great. She's great. She's got the most wonderful voice you've ever heard in your life. She's great. But in her family, there is no fear. She's the youngest of three, two older brothers. And her, they don't understand fear. Like their children now, my, our son's little girls, climbing to the top of everything, three, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And you're looking going, ah, it's terrifying to watch what they do. And you think, oh, Lord. And you know what? It's okay for them to be them. It's okay for me to be me. Because I was a shy, timid little boy who didn't climb trees. And I don't swim still. And if anybody went boo, I used to cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Point I'm making is this. You have the heroes, you have the, the people who can seem to swing from trees and climb mountains and, you know, do all these rough and tumble and all the things and, you know, the big super, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not one of them. But some people are. And there's a place for every type in the church. Every barrier comes down. And so we don't judge each other. We don't judge by style or temperament or preference or or upbringing or background or stuff we've dragged in from our past that we're still getting free from. It's all gone because now we're all one in Christ. It's our unity. Isn't that wonderful? That means there's a place for you in Jubilee. There's a place for you in Jubilee. There's a place for your next-door neighbor. There's a place for your family. There's a place for your friends. There's a place for your work colleagues. There's a place for the poorest of the poor. And there's a place for the richest of the rich in Jubilee. That's who we are. Because that's the church of Jesus Christ. In the Scriptures, there's a number of pictures that are painted to describe the church. I'm just going to talk about three of them. No one picture can adequately describe this wonderful church of Jesus Christ, made up from all the nations. You see, the church is the passion of God's heart, and it's more precious to Him than we often realize. The church is the light of the world, because we're the dwelling place of God. And the Bible uses these pictures either directly or implied, and here are just three. First one is a family. I'm not going to go through the Scriptures. It's Romans 8, Hebrews 2, Galatians 6, Ephesians 3. But through Jesus, we are now part of God's family. That means we belong. It means... Sorry, Sarush, but you're in the right place here. 
This is my brother. And that's not tokenism. That's real. That's real from the very depth of my being. And from his. Yeah? Yours, yeah, yeah, good. Do, do, do you get it? That, that it's not just to me, though. It's to one another. I'm going to embarrass you, Josh. Sorry. <coughs> He's my brother, too. God's on his case. And so am I. Why? Because God has plans for you. To do you good to prosper you, to make you significant in the purposes of God. I'm going to help him go for it. And you know what? If he does, great. If he doesn't, do I point the finger? No, because he's my brother. Does that... Do, do you understand? It's not about only, only favoring those who go for it, only favoring those who make it, and well, the rest are just a waste of space. You're not a waste of space. Right? <laughs> Is that all right? Didn't embarrass you too much. Good. Do you get the point? See, some people fly. Some people take off in God and they go places and other people stumble and struggle and, and then people feel failures. Anybody ever felt failure in their Christian life? Well, not many of you. Um, come on. I've got both hands up. You know, because when you think, oh, Lord, how do you do this? But... But isn't it good that our sin and our failure is all dealt with at the cross and we're part of the family anyway and we're there not to point the finger but to help each other along? I'm on your case too, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just not letting you off. Uh, <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Actually, I'm on your dad's case as well, just, just so you're aware. <laughs> not letting you off either. Right. You see, there is more for all of us in God. There's more for all of us, parts to play in the family from Matt and, and, and just, and you ladies. Can't treat you quite the same. Well, I can, other than what's appropriate. But all I'm saying is, I'm thinking, come on, fly. Because it says no male or female, but actually we still live in a world... A well-dominated, a, a male-dominated society, and well, but if, if we do to a large extent, now there's a right order of things, but it's not about position and it's not about a, a value. There's about order, but but we we need to say, my heart is, come on, fly, fly. We're family. Is it nice to be part of the family? Yeah. I think it is. I think it's wonderful. You know what? Isn't it good that the church was never meant to be religious? Oh, imagine being religious and stuffy. That was not what the church was. The church is the people of God. We're a family. I don't know what your family's like, but... I hope my family's not stuffy. <laughs> We're family. We do what family do. Enjoy having fellowship, different things. The church is our life, not just an activity we attend. We are the church. 
Next picture is a body. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 1 and 2. The Bible talks of us being the body of Christ. It's through us that the ministry of Jesus will be exercised on the earth today. He would use us to minister life and healing in the same way as he operated that and he operated, uh, ministered those things in his earthly walk. The picture of the church as a body is key to our understanding of how we in Jesus become this interdependent community with different gifts relying on one another, each playing our part so that the work of Jesus is fulfilled. So we're effective in our ministry to the world. Have a look at your hands. You're a Christian today. They're the hands of Jesus. How do you feel? Have a look in someone else's eyes. Careful. (laughs) You're looking into the eyes of Jesus. Can't look into somebody else's ears effectively, but... Your ears are the ears of Jesus. Your mouth is the mouth of Jesus. Your home is the home of Jesus. Isn't it? How's your bank balance? Next time you have a look, it's not just 10% of it that's his, it's all his. Because we're in the church, we're in Christ, it's all his. He releases us to use, take stewardship over 90% of it, but it all belongs to Jesus. We are the body of Christ. And the only other picture I'll use is this one. It's a people, a temple. Acts 15, Romans 9, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 Peter 2, Revelation 21, Ephesians 2, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Peter 2. Loads of references here. God has chosen a people from every tribe and nation, as we've already said. We're part of that here at Jubilee. We are the dwelling place of God on, on the earth. People say, where does God live? right here. We sang that new song, We Love Your Presence. Why? Because where the people of God are, God is because He fills us with His Holy Spirit. God's dwelling place on the earth is the church. Yes, Paul. We are the temple, the dwelling place of God a people for himself. We are like no other people on the earth. He builds us together as living stones into a spiritual house, the Bible tells us, so we can be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He lives here. Let's make sure we honor that fact in the way we live, 
in the way we treat one another, the language we use, in the things we look at, the things we hear, the words we speak. We are the dwelling place of God. I could open up all of this much more, but I think you've got the heart of it. The one who makes all these things possible is Jesus. We are, we are one people because we are born again of the Spirit of God. We belong together forever. How do you feel? Just think about it. Forever. We're brothers forever. Get, get used to it. Right? It's the church. It's great. What I want to do now, we're going to come into a time, we're going to break bread together. I'll just talk around it for a little while. Why do we, why do we take this bread and wine? I'll, I'll go and get it in a minute. Because it's, it's one of the few things that Jesus commanded us to do. You see, diversity is easy, but unity is more difficult. Have you noticed that? Diversity is easy, Unity is more difficult. Let me just read a it's Ephesians four verse three. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Make every effort. We don't have to make any effort to be diverse. We just are. But unity, we need to understand. We need to understand what God's done. We need to let his life grow in us. And we work at our unity. Okay? It's not conformity. It doesn't mean we're all going to be exactly the same. There's diversity of cultures, but we're one family. One body. One people. Jesus asked us to break bread together because it's all about him being central in our midst. That's how we preserve unity, by keeping Jesus central in our life together. I want to read from 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to read from verses 23 to 30. I'll make a few comments and we'll break bread. For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, this is my body given for you. I've got a great big loaf of bread here. And usually when I do this, I make a terrible mess. In fact, I'll tell you a little secret. When I first went to Bedford, I hope they don't listen to this tape. Um... They, they, they broke bread in such a religious way that nobody could speak. And the people processed down to the front, and it was all. And it made me scream on the inside. So one day, I decided I'd speak into it. And so I, I started demonstrating the freedom and finished up dropping it all on the floor. <laughs> And there was, and all that sort of stuff, which, you know, if it's a sacred cow, I usually blow it up. So, 
I'll just remember the last time I held a bit that big. It got me into bother. Um, so here we go. <clears throat> he took bread. When he given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Broken. Which is for you. He said, I, I want you to do it. I want you to eat it together in remembrance of me. In the same way, it says he took the cup. Um, it's a bit bigger. <laughs> I mean, if you've got faith for us all to manage with this this morning, <laughs> they probably had one big cup. We don't for all sorts of practical reasons like health and lurgy and, you know. But he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This is representing the blood of Jesus that was poured out on a cross. So this is God so loves the world that he goes to a cross and said, look, I'll pay the price of anything you've done. I'll take away all your shame, all your guilt. It's free. Here I am. And I pay the price and I shed my blood and I give up my, I give my body for this. This is the love of God. Literally poured out for the world. Poured out for the world. He says, this, this, is, this is representing that. Do you think this keeps us Jesus central in our midst? Absolutely. It's not a ritual meal. It's not like a religious thing we do. It, it's a thing of remembering that we are, this is what keeps us as one. We are united because, because of Jesus. Because of the cross. That's the only reason. He said, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Every time we do this, we're saying, Jesus, we recognize you died for us on a cross. We rec we're proclaiming it. We're declaring it. We say the cross stands the test of time. The cross will always stand the test of time for all of history. The cross stands... We proclaim it again this morning that because of the cross we are forgiven of our sin. Our shame is gone and we are one people. Therefore, it's a warning here, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drink of the, drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is, that is why many of you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Speaking here of people dying prematurely. So this is a serious business. You think, hang on. What he's saying is this. We have to recognize the body. That's the body of Christ. That's the church. It's not just a ritual we do for our salvation. What we're saying is we recognize that we together are the body of Christ, and we recognize one another, and we honor one another, and we're thanking God for one another. We're saying, thank you, Lord, that we together, we together are included in this. We, we recognize the body. We're saying, well, yeah, we recognize that Jesus on the cross, but we're saying we recognize one another as family, as the dwelling place of God together,
And we celebrate that. And we honor one another. And we don't hold things against one another. And we don't have unforgiveness in our hearts. We have to just check ourselves out. Say, God, help us with that. Now, I just need to say this. This meal is actually a meal for believers in Jesus. And you may be here saying, well, I, I, I don't know if I do or I don't. I'm going to give you a minute, an opportunity just in a sec before we break bread. You, you might want to tentatively say, well, Jesus, I think I believe in you. You know, I, this, isn't a, this isn't, meal isn't some, a hurdle to get over. This is a very inclusive meal, but it's an inclusive meal of those who are putting their faith in, for those who are putting their faith in Jesus. If you're not putting your faith in Jesus, you're very welcome to be part of us, but I would advise you not to take the bread or the wine. But we love you still. But I want you to come to faith. So I want us to take a few minutes, just a couple, two or three, and pray. Just give opportunity for us to examine our own hearts, Lord, we thank you that you instigated this meal because you knew that the key to our unity as well as our diversity is the fact that you are central in our life. You are the reason we're here. You are the reason we are saved. You are the reason we are washed clean. You are the reason we're made brand new on the inside. And Lord, thank you. Thank you. You've made us brand new. Thank you, Lord, that we're part of a new family now. And Lord, we may stumble and we may get it wrong often, but we thank you that you don't reject us and you don't point the finger, but you open your arms and your heart to us and say, come on, let me wash you clean again. Lord, right now, I pray you just help us examine our own hearts and if there's anything there, we just want to deal with that privately before you. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, for those here this morning who, who are guests, maybe don't know you, if you're a guest here and you know Jesus, you're very welcome to the bread and the wine. But maybe people are saying, I don't really know yet. Well, right now, you can say to Jesus, Lord Jesus, I don't know much, but I want to put my trust in you. That'll do for a start. That begins your journey. Or you might say, I, I, I'm not sure about this. I don't really want to be a part of it. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that nothing we do here this morning will be exclusive in an inappropriate way. Thank you, this is a meal for your body. But we are a people for the nations. We're a people for the world. We're a people with good news. We're a people with open arms. We're not a people with pointing finger. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and rest upon us now as we celebrate this meal together. I ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Now what I want us to do is just go and help yourself to bread and wine. But it would be great. Yes, go and share with your friends and pray together. But wouldn't it be good if you could go to somebody of a different culture or a different language and share bread and wine with them? It would just help celebrate our diversity.
that okay? Yes, Paul is the answer. All right. Okay, let's go for it. <laughs>